Praise You, Lord, is a Catholic Christian praise and worship radio ministry. Hi, my name is Jeffrey Zagaria. Please join us as we give praise, honor, and glory to our loving, awesome, and merciful God. Well, He is loving, and He is awesome, and He is merciful. Welcome to Praise You, Lord, episode number 143. And again, we are so pleased to have in Father Richard Champney O'Carm, who's going to be helping us do the heavy lifting today on a very important subject that I I really believe um, in prayer that we're really being called to speak about today. Father Richard, how are you today? Doing well, thank you, and I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much. And we also have Jackson Messick, who... Everybody knows and, and loves, and uh, Jackson's been with us for, for quite some time for many of the programs. Jackson, welcome back. Good to be here. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, my brother. And also, we are extremely fortunate to have, questionably, the very best intern <laughs> in the history of the world, and his, his, his name is Michael. Michael Lopez. How are you, Mike? I'm doing okay. Doing all right. Now, Mike, you've had a few uh, ha- hap- happenstances or happen falls. <laughs> <laughs> they both seem to happen just before the program starts. So we're really happy to see your face today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're you're on cr- you're on crutches, Mike. Yeah, yeah, I'm on crutches. So you know, hopping around. All right. Well, it's it's great that you you were able to make it. And uh, all kidding aside, Mike is Michael is uh, very active in in the pro life community at in in the college level. And Mike, Michael, uh, we haven't made the announcement yet about your going to Ave Maria University, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I'll I made the decision this summer. Uh, got in, and I'll be going. Uh, sometime in august congratulations that's a wonderful university and jackson is alma mater graduated yeah. <laughs> from ave maria right jackson i did i did that's right that is fantastic well mike when you when you're down there um doing all those fantastic academics say hi to all the alligators for me <laughs> from a and distance. panthers and yeah. bear and <laughs> it's pretty wild out there <laughs> it, yeah, it, yeah yeah it's it's like the best catholic university arguably in the whole world right in the middle of the everglades yep it's yeah, like sorry. you're 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 you think you're in the middle of the everglades and then all of a sudden you're like no i'm in the middle of ave maria university now right? yeah <laughs> exactly it's, right it's really interesting being in the middle of nowhere and then finding this tiny little city that's just filled with everything and a Publix. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And a Publix. There's a Publix there. Fa- so, Fa- Father Richard, have you have you visited Ave Maria University? I certainly have, and I was just about to mention to you, I was offered a job there in the very beginning. Really? Uh, yeah. But unfortunately, I was still living in New York, mm-hmm. and uh, I had a job that I could not get out of, and they needed somebody at that time, so the job offer faded away, but um, yep. 
I knew the guy who was the president, uh, Nick Healy. He was the president at that point. And um, he, I had worked with him in Steubenville, Ohio, where he and I had both had lived for several years. Wow. But um, yeah, I've been there. I visited. It's a beautiful place. It is. Um, yeah. It's a it's a a place of of not only academic excellence, but of you know, it's a, a spiritual mecca in a sense. Right. It's a beautiful place to go to, and uh, anyone have a chance anytime. And there's no crocodiles or alligators right around there, so you'd be safe. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I that was when you went there, Father. I think. Because when I went there, I saw some. <laughs> now it's crazy. <laughs> Listen, Times change. The alligators yeah, need crazy. Jesus too, Father. <laughs> <laughs> so, Father Richard, um, again, super pleasure to have you. Uh, but before we get into our topic, I'm going to just uh, introduce the radio stations. We like to thank all of the radio stations who, who are um, hosting and platforms for for this radio program, we're in episode number 143. We started this ministry for almost four and a half years. Well, it's actually coming close to five years. We didn't go on the air until about four and a half years ago. Um, and uh, it is a volunteer ministry. We are on 20 radio stations now. We started on 98.3 FM, the Catholic Voice of the Palm Beaches. They're also a volunteer-based Catholic, small Catholic radio station in the Palm Beaches, and they are wonderful, and they need your help. So please pray for them and send donations in because they're fully uh, funded by you. And then also there's 100.1 FM. That's the Prince of Peace Catholic Radio. That's in the Treasure Coast. That was the second radio station that began hosting us. Again, same same thing. They're a, very, they're a small um, operation. They are uh, they're independent of the diocese, as is 98.3 FM. And everything comes from the listener. So thank you so much for your prayers and for your donations. Please consider that if you're listening in on 100.1 FM up in, um, up in that location, up in the Treasure Coast. Catholic Radio Network, really excited to be on that, um, those 18 mega stations. That's, that's all pretty much coverage of Colorado, the state, which is a big state. Uh, Kansas, another great size state and uh and what's the kansas and missouri another one so uh they have coverage uh all over those areas and we're really grateful to be a part of that community as well and i'm sure that they would love to hear from you as well and i'm sure they probably accept donations so consider all those things listen listeners to the podcast that's kind of a new thing that we have when did we start the podcast guys was that a year ago uh, more, I think, at this point. A little bit over Maybe. a year. Yeah, because I just yeah. got the renewal for, for, for the financial to pay for it. Um, right. So it's right. just been a little over a year. And we're getting a lot of res results from the podcast. And what's cool about a podcast is you don't have to catch it on the radio. You can listen at any time you want. And you can share it um, right. through your phone or, or through email or, or whatnot. So we do have podcasts. If you're interested in, in listening to any, any of our programs um, outside of the Radio Belts, you can listen anywhere, anytime. If you subscribe to the podcast, uh, you can do that, and you'll get it. It'll come right down into your phone. Those podcasts are on all the major podcast platforms. Michael, name some of them if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, we got Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, <clears throat> and pretty much anywhere else, as Jeffrey mentioned. If you know it, it's there. 
Podbean, YouTube. You got to be great at searching on YouTube to find it because we know it's there. And that's why we st we'll spend 30 minutes trying to find it, the three of us, Michael, myself, and Jackson. I mean, YouTube's great at hiding it, I think. Or I don't know if it, they're hiding it, but we can, even we can have trouble finding it. So, But it is there. So if you find it there, you are you are a great searcher in YouTube, in my, my opinion. Um, okay, so what are we speaking about today? Today, we have Father Richard Champney O'Karm. He is a Carmelite priest. He's been on our broadcast now. This is his fourth visit with us. Uh, he's a good friend, personal friends, and um, and mentor. And uh, and we are so pleased to have him. Father Richard is an expert in uh, theology, and he's the hardest working retired person I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you do it, Father Richard. You're amazing. So um, I'm so grateful to to have him again. He's he's really helped us so much in the last two broadcasts, and they were both pretty much uh, focused on on um, on Mary and in the church and how she brings us closer to Jesus through the Holy Spirit and through the Father, of course, as well. But um, Today we felt led to speak about the rosary and there us and how to pray a rosary, and we're going to explain one of the one of the um, one of the five decade rosaries. I guess you could. I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm not saying this correctly, but but uh, it's called the sorrowful mysteries that we meditate, and that is an important word. We're not repeating prayers, and Father Father is going to be an expert and explain this to us. Um. And it's blessed me. If you listen back to the last program, I testify how the, how this particular mis, mister these particular mysteries literally not even really understanding, but literally God delivered me and healed me through the prayer of the Rosary, and it's specifically this these these this set of uh, prayers and meditations. So, Father, please uh, tell us about the Rosary, praying in the Holy Spirit meditating on the rosary and uh, how it brings us closer to Jesus, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You just said it all. <laughs> Sorry. That's great. <laughs> no, you said that perfect. to me last time. Yeah, that's true again. <laughs> uh, well, also, I would just like to mention at the very beginning what a pleasure it is for me to be with these three men. Um, I don't know three better men in my life at this point. Um, they're wonderful, they're friendly, they're happy, they're lovely in every way, they're, they're talented, and um, they also are really, I would say, holy men, and I hope that embarrasses them, but it's true. And uh, it's, a great, it's a great pleasure for me to be here with you. So, to just jump then right into what we're concerned about, the, the Holy Rosary, and you notice we'll say the Holy Rosary, because I really believe it is, and... Um, you know, when I was young, <laughs> that's a long time ago, but at that time, um, the rosary seemed, when we were kids, it was like the rosary is something that little old ladies said in the back of the church and just, you know, kind of quietly mumbled through the prayers. And as kids, we didn't have a clue what they were doing or why they were doing it. But, um, you know, as I've matured, unfortunately, had a little bit of education um, and you know, had a lot of experience in the meantime. 
uh, I come to understand and to know, you know, what a great gift the rosary is. And among others, Pope John Paul II, who's now a saint, um, and also Pope Paul VI, who will probably become a saint in not the too distant future, they both said that the rosary is their most favorite prayer. And, you know, to think that these great men, recognized throughout the world as great men, said that their favorite prayer is the rosary. And, I, you know, that in itself really kind of caught my attention. Um, you know, Jeffrey mentioned these mysteries that we call the sorrowful mysteries. Well, there are other mysteries that we think about and pray about. There's the, the glorious mysteries, and then there's the joyful mysteries, and then there's the luminous mysteries, and the joyful, the sorrowful mysteries. And they're all, every one of them in its own way is wonderful. And basically what we're doing is praying the scriptures. And what we're trying to, you know, focus on is the life of Jesus and the life of his blessed mother. And there are the great gifts that we have been given through um, these prayers. <clears throat> Sometimes, you know, people, like I said, when I was young, these little old ladies, God bless them, uh, they were probably praying for me that someday I might understand. But, you know, they were praying and it's amazing what their prayers could do. We didn't know that at the time. I'm not sure if they knew it at the time, but the Lord certainly did. And these, these prayers of the rosary, sometimes people think, well, you're just saying, you know, repeating the Hail Mary over and over and over again. The, you know, the form of the, of the uh, rosary is a very simple thing, and I couldn't resist. I had to bring a rosary with me. This rosary, a quick story about it. I bought it in Medjugorje when I went visiting there to, um, you know, to visit the apparition of a lady that uh, appears there. And I bought this rosary from my mother. And <laughs> she loved it. And when I brought it back to her, she prayed with it for years and years. And when she died, they had put this rosary in her hands in the coffin. Mm. And I saw it there and I was like, oh, what a pleasure to see that even. But then it occurred to me that my mother who had a tremendous devotion to the rosary, that she had literally made hundreds of rosaries and these little crystal beads tied together with string. And she, I, and I'm not exaggerating, hundreds. And so when she died, you had to be sure there was a rosary going with her. But I wanted one of her rosaries to go with her. And also the fact that her favorite color was blue. I had one of the rosaries she had made, which is a beautiful color of blue. And so we switched them, you know, before they closed the coffin, we took this one and gave her a blue rosary, one that she had made. And when you're saying the prayers of the rosary, um, it's a wonderful opportunity to kind of put the whole world behind you, aside of you, out of your consciousness in a sense, and to really focus on the, the wonderful things that the mysteries of the rosary talk about. You know, we we're talking about the, the sorrowful mysteries. Well, obviously the name sorrowful kind of indicates there's some sadness in these mysteries. And just quickly to go through what they are, the titles of them. The first one is when Jesus went the agony in the garden. And you'll find all of these things in the scriptures, in the four gospels, in the New Testament, 
Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they have all of these stories, and each one with their own little approach to it. And they're really worth reading if you haven't seen the scriptures for a while, uh, just to go even to find that section where toward the end of each of the four Gospels, they talk about these mysteries. The agony in the garden was the first one, and how sad that was. Jesus was so sad that we're told in the scriptures that he was sweating blood. I never heard such a thing before. Uh, and it was like, that is intense. Mm. But we think about that and pray about that. And then the next thing was the scourging. He was, you know, Pilate, you know, they brought him to Pilate and Pilate said, no, he's not guilty or anything, but I'll scourge him and give him back to you. And if you ever saw the movie by, um, what's his name? Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. Uh, Mel Gibson thank you. Uh, and saw the scourging of Jesus in that movie. Then you, re it was like that was real, yeah. and that really kind of made the point very clearly and painfully. Mm. Then there was the crowning with thorns. <clears throat> Last October, when I was in Jerusalem, um, in Israel for a, a, a pilgrimage, <coughs> excuse me, sure. um, we saw the tree that they claimed that the the uh, thorns were taken from, and the thorns were like three or four inches long. And, you know, they were, they were like a great big needle. And they had made a crown out of that and put that on Jesus' head. That had to be terribly painful. Well, then he moved on to carrying the cross. They condemned him to be crucified. So as if that wasn't bad enough, they made him carry his own cross and carry that cross right up to the top of Mount Calvary where he was to be crucified. And then they stripped him of his garments and they uh, nailed him to this tree. And he died on the cross. We could do a whole series on that dying on the cross. But just very briefly and quickly, that was the beginning of our salvation. And the cross, you know, is a um, symbol of, of Christianity. And, uh, you know, it will always be the cross is our cross. And we, we embrace that cross. And that's not easy to do sometimes. But that's what we try to focus on and try to get closer to the Lord in doing that. Now, when we're praying the mysteries of the rosary, those five that I mentioned for the uh, sorrowful mysteries, we say the Hail Mary each time on each one of those beads. We just say there are 10 beads in between each of the uh, mysteries. And so on each bead, we just pray quietly or out loud, depending if you're with other people too, the Hail Mary. Now, the Hail Mary is Mary's most beautiful prayer, and it tells us about her. And most of us memorized that when we were children. So it's not difficult for us to say the Hail Mary. But as we're saying it, it becomes kind of like a, a beautiful background. And it keeps us, in a sense, in closer touch with Mary herself. And we're trying to look at these mysteries through her eyes and try to experience them, in a sense, the way that she experienced them. And can you imagine uh, the pain and the sorrow that she went through with all of these things that I just mentioned to you. And she was aware of them all. She, she knew what was going on, and she was there. But, you know, as we pray these mysteries, rather than being, uh, you know, really sad, it's, it becomes uh, a reason for hope. That, yes, there's a lot of suffering, there's a lot of pain, but when you're with your mother, as Jesus was with his, pain and suffering is a lot easier. 
And looking at the pain that Jesus went through, through her eyes, helps us to better understand how we too can go through whatever suffering we have to go through in our lives the way that Jesus did. And so, you know, we, we pray those mysteries, each one of them, and uh, we begin to better understand. Uh, and you, you have that, you know, saying those, the Hail Mary over and over again, um, it, it's kind of like, you know, if you like to sing, which I kind of like to do, and these other three guys are great singers, by the way. But, you know, one of the nice things about singing sometimes is humming, just humming in the background. And, you know, it's not easy to hum well. <clears throat> and sometimes people hum and they're way off tune and they don't know what they're doing. They have no clue. But anyone who knows how to hum, it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, some of the great singers of our times, I always think of uh, Barbara Streisand, who somehow has a gift of humming, <laughs> if you want, uh, and other, you know, great singers like that. And it's like having that humming sound in the background uh, it's so much easier to be thinking and praying and being open to the Word of God that might come to you during that time. So those are the kind of things that happen as we're praying the, uh, the rosary and these sorrowful mysteries. And then we go on to, you know, thank the Lord for what he has given us. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's, that's, that is great stuff right there. And uh, you're listening in to... Praise you, Lord. The Underground Independent Catholic Christian Radio Broadcast brought to you once a week by the power of your prayer and by the grace of God and uh, the help of these gentlemen here and others who have come in, like Father Richard and other guests, and brought testimony. And, and Father Richard really is bringing not only testimony but uh, uh, um, some really solid explanations uh from a theological standpoint, and it's, it's so wonderful to have him in. And you can also um, listen to Father Richard on other podcasts, because we do have podcasts. You can listen to the last two podcasts. Those were number 142 and number 141. 141 was Mary and the Holy Spirit, I believe. Is that right? And 142, which was last week, God bless you, was uh, the, what was it, the Rosary and the Holy Spirit? Yes. Okay. And then the first one that you did, Father Richard, which we can get a sighting for that perhaps. Um, if you, you got a mic? Yeah, that was 119, um, Magigoria, Fatima, and Fear. Magigoria, Fatima, and Fear, part two, I think, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, 119, episode 119. Yeah, I think there were two of them. I think that was part two. Didn't we do a Medjugorje, Fatima, and Fear together, Jackson, first? So. Yes. Yeah, so that's part two with Father Richard. So, and Father Richard gives an incredible testimony about, because that's right, what it was was uh, uh, Medjugorje, Fatima, and Fear, Jackson and I had a had a program together with that, and, uh, and we realized, you know, I've been to some Marian... Um, apparition sites, but I had not gone to Medjugorje, and Jackson stated he hadn't been to Medjugorje, and I said, wouldn't it be great to have someone in on our program that's been to Medjugorje? How many times have you been to Medjugorje, Father Richard? Three. Three times, and you can hear all about his testimony on, what is it, 119, Mike? Yes. On episode 119 of Praise You, Lord, and you can hear Father Richard's testimony 
of his experience at Medjugorje, and that's a good lead-in because I almost forgot. Father Richard also knew very well Wayne Weibel, who is the the I would I would say the most I don't know the most well-known author about Medjugorje itself. Father Richard, I, just as an aside, maybe you can explain that. And we're really excited. Father Richard has found the rate. The interview he's done with him, he's going to give it to us. We're going to be able to rebroadcast it and create a show out of it uh, with uh, with with Father Richard and Wayne Weibel. But Father Richard, tell us about Wayne Weibel, if you would. Wayne Weibel was a um, a Lutheran, non-practicing Lutheran, and um, he was not a religious man in any sense. But through a whole series of things, um, he became a um, owner of three newspapers. And he was very always looking for something, you know, to write. He wanted to be, uh, well, he didn't want to be a writer, but he wanted to have something good for his paper. And they were independent papers, that he, newspapers. And <clears throat> somebody had mentioned to him this, this thing going on in Medjugorje over in Yugoslavia um, and Bosnia-Herzegovina. And he was like, huh, so what? But very out of curiosity, he said, you know, that might make a good story. So he went over, and to make a long story short, he had an incredible conversion. And it took him about five years before he became Catholic, but he did. Mm. And, uh, you know, he ended up writing 10 books. Wow. And they, they considered the, you know, the, it's, that's like, they are the best books on Medjugorje. And uh, he was a wonderful man, delightful man. We had him at our parish of St. Jude here in Boca Raton a couple of years ago. And uh, that's the interview, that, that not the interview, but the uh, conference that Jeffrey will at one point be able to share with you. Great. But great guy. Oh, oh, it's a conference that happened in St. Jude that you have a recording of. Yeah, it is, yes. Oh, fantastic. My, I know my parents and niece went to that and were very touched by it and had an opportunity to that's meet That's right, him. sure. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's really exciting. I didn't know it was that. I'm really excited because I have not heard that. I was not able to make that. And that's going to be great. Thank you for for sharing it's, that with it's us. Wonderful. Wonder. Yeah, awesome. It's wonderful. Awesome. So, so folks, we're going to make a broadcast, a rebroadcast, or we're going to create a broadcast with that material. So stay tuned for that, uh, with God's help. And uh, again, you're listening to Praise You, Lord, the Underground Independent Catholic Christian Radio Broadcast, brought to you once a week by the power of your prayer and by the grace of God. And um, we are, you know, why are we underground and why are we independent? Well, we're independent because we're, I guess, basically what makes us very independent is we, we, we don't receive money from anywhere. Um, so there's no strings attached. And uh, we were asked to do this. And by the, by the grace of God, uh, you know, we, we answered the call. And here we are again, 143 episodes later and <laughs> almost five years later. And with, with, a, with a bigger team, and we got a podcast now, and all of a sudden we're on 20 stations. So it's, you know, I, I've had several people that are in um, entertainment and in the radio business and in, in the uh, uh, television and so on business and asking me questions. And, you know, they always expect to hear, you know, some type of, it seems like when they ask, I can see the confused look on their face. Wait a minute, you know, um, I mean, this is, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think this is what people usually do when they have a radio broadcast. I don't really know. I'm not, I've never been involved in that stuff. So we are definitely independent and underground uh, as there was under, an underground music movement. Uh, we see this as an underground 
Christian music movement. So we 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 um, broadcast, and we haven't done a lot of it, but we're going to do. We're going to play a song today, in the in the middle of the of the broadcast. Uh, people who have have independence and they have their uh, they own the rights to their music and they submit music in, and we play that music. It's Christian music. And uh, we're going to be playing Ken Soltes a little a little later, who was on our broadcast. Uh, uh, I don't know, that would have been episode, maybe five episodes ago. Wonderful, wonderful friend of the program. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're interested and you are, if you own the rights to your music and you write Christian and, and perform and have a professional recording uh, of your music and would like to submit it in, we would would love to listen to it and put it in our catalog. And we'll, we can send you a release form if you'd like, or if you know anyone or have any friends that are might be interested in that. Okay, so getting back to Father Richard Champney O'Carm. Father Richard, maybe we could go through the five mysteries, uh, begin, begin with the first one, and uh, explain what it is and how to meditate with it, and um, maybe have a little discussion on that. And uh, and then eventually, maybe we'll get to the first or second. I'm not sure. I want to have a little break and play a little music of Ken Soltis. Have a little break. Uh, we're going to have some real heavy, um, powerful Holy Spirit music of Ken to play. And uh, go ahead, Father. So what is the first mystery for those who don't know or need to be reminded? And what what's it all about? All right. The first of the sorrowful mysteries is called the agony in the garden. <clears throat> now, the story of Jesus is a wonderful story, but sometimes very painful. Jesus was misunderstood um, and was not accepted by his own people in many ways. Now, he had a great following, and that's what upset the authorities of, of uh, Jerusalem at the time, because he was becoming a great leader and they were afraid of their own leadership and authority. So they decided, we got to get rid of this guy. <clears throat> and there were all kinds of uh, plots that they did you know, to try to find a way to uh, end his influence on people. But it didn't work. People just kept coming to him more and more. And Jesus knew he was the son of God and he was the son of Mary. So he was this incredible combination of God and man. And that's a mystery in itself. But he knew his time was coming. And in the Old Testament, there are all kinds of scriptures, all kinds of prophecies about what would happen to this man. And he was starting to see them happening. So one night after the um, Passover supper, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, which is right across from the city of Jerusalem. And there's still, by the way, there is a tree there are a couple of trees, actually, that they believe were there at the time of Jesus. These magnificent, great big trees, mm. olive trees. Wow. But anyway, he went there to this garden to pray. And he had his 12 disciples. These were men that he had picked to follow, uh, follow him and to continue his work. And so with his apostles, he went there and he was praying. And it was difficult. And he, he, it wasn't fear, because fear is when you, you know, lose confidence in God. But his painful awareness that this is, this is where it's going to begin. And so he prayed a prayer that, that is, you know, I've prayed a hundred thousand times too. He said, Father, 
God, his father, you know, if it's possible, let this cup pass, let this go by, so I don't have to do this. He knew what was coming, ultimately the, the crucifixion. And he said, but Father, the important part is, and this is where I have trouble, and a lot of people have trouble, not my will, but your will be done. Amen. And that's when he started sweating and, you know, profusely, uh, you know, to the point where he was actually sweating blood, wow. we're told. Father Richard, I, we're, thank you for that explanation. And we're, we're starting to have a little bit of a glitch in the, in the transmission. So what I'd like to do, uh, is to move it towards um, towards the praise and worship song of Ken Soltes. We're going to play that, and I'm going to I'm going to call you back. I'm going to call all you guys back in a moment because we're getting a little. This is actually breaking up a little bit. So um, interesting timing there. But uh, okay, great. So and we will talk. We will speak more on the sorrowful mysteries after this song. This is Ken Soltes, and uh, this is really just an amazing song. Worship him in spirit and in truth.
trumpet of the Lord. And that is Ken Soltes. And uh, Ken is a great friend of the program, and you can get his music at his website. We also have a very exciting um, announcement to make, uh, guys. Ken Ken actually has a verbal commitment with our, our academy, well, my my academy, Zagaria Vocal Academy, to become a become a instructor, and we're really Whoa. excited to do uh, to do. He's going to do some private stuff. So if you not only can you buy his music, but you can you can work with Ken. He's a, a phenomenal and world literally world renowned worship leader, phenomenal trumpeteer, songwriter, singer, keyboard player. He does a lot of things, and we're going to be doing some workshops with him, guys. Is, is the plan? Awesome. Yeah. So, Father, can can you hear us? And can and yes, I can hear you fine. Okay, you're coming in loud, loud and clear. So great. So we have approximately, let's see here, uh, fifteen minutes um, yeah. before we, you know, need to start closing up. Go ahead, Michael. Yeah, and uh, you can even hear an episode with Ken Salty that was episode one thirty eight. Thank you. One thirty eight is Ken Salty's, and that was his song "Trumpet of the Lord" that you just heard. Um, also, want to apologize. You would have heard this. Li- regular listeners know this, but I received a call last week. I think it was last week, or a little bit beyond last week. And I'm I was hi- I'm a hiker, and I was hiking. I was three quarters up a mountain, and I got a call out of the blue. I said, "Who the heck is this?" And I and I listened to the message, and it was a woman who's a a, um, a reporter um, for the Florida Catholic, and she wanted to speak to me. And she said, I tried your website um, and your email from the Praise You Lord website, and it's not working. So uh, I think that anyone who sent us, tried to send us emails, I have to apologize. It could be a year. I don't know. We set that up a year ago. We, I don't think we've gotten any email from anyone through that website. And uh, we tested it. It seemed to work. So I don't know how long it's been down. But apologize if you've been trying to reach us. Um, I'm so sorry. We're a volunteer ministry. Please pray for us. We'd like to get those things all down. But you can definitely reach us through through my my professional website, ZagariaVocalAcademy.com. It's my last name, Z-A-G-A-R-I-A. ZagariaVocalAcademy.com. It's the online vocal and music academy. Just go there, and there's a place that you can email us. You can get directly in contact with me. And again, I'm, I'm super sorry. For those who may have reached out to us, and we never returned your message, and we never got your message. So, um, if you did send, maybe we didn't get any messages. I don't, I don't even know. I have no idea. <laughs> it's very possible no one messaged us. Messaged us. Messaged. Messaged. <laughs> How would you say that, Jackson? That was it. That was definitely it. <laughs> messaged. 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 Anyone that messaged That's us. Great. <laughs> Anyone that sent us a message through the email, um, yeah, we didn't get it for sure. And so, anyways, okay, Father, back to uh, the Good. subject. So you were just explaining the agony in the garden. Right. And, uh, yeah, every time I think about this, it's very tough. I find it really hard, you know. Um, so, okay, so that was the first decade, and I don't know if there's anything you want to add to that or if we're going to go to the second one. Well, um, you know, just the, the only thing I would add is that, you know, Jesus became aware that he was suffering what happened in the garden, but also what was to come. And he was doing it for us. He wasn't doing it for himself. He came as a, as a, 
absolutely, you know, perfect person, hmm. uh, the son of God. And so he came to make up for, to expiate, to do everything to get rid of sin in the world and to try to offer to the world the possibility of returning to God the Father as the sons and daughters that we were created to be. So he went through all of this for us. And that's hmm. something to always keep in mind. The second mystery, if you want to go right to there, of sure. uh, the sorrowful, okay. was the scourging at the pillar. <clears throat> and I had mentioned earlier, if you saw the movie uh, by Mel Gibson about uh, the Passion of the Christ, um, you will not find a more um, painful, as well as perhaps accurate, uh, rendition of the scourging. He was put at a pillar, you know, tied to a pillar, and whipped. And in those days, the whipping usually consisted of, um, was I think it was 39. So it was 40 minus 1 was the, the way they did it. Mm. And it is constantly whipping and whipping and whipping and ripping his flesh and blood all over the place. It was terrible. Mm. Uh, and that's he was doing that again, being aware, you know, that he was... The reason why that happened, let me just backtrack a one bit, <clears throat> when he went before Pilate, uh, Pilate didn't know what to do with him. And the people cried out for his crucifixion. And he said, no, I don't want to do that. So he said, I'll, I'll give him the scourging, the whipping, and then you can take him. And so it was because of Pilate that he ended up there. And, you know, he accepted it, again, out of love for us. <clears throat> Quickly go to the third mystery. Uh, this one here, I get a headache every time I think about it. Hmm. Um, I mentioned that the the crown, the thorns on this crown of thorns uh, are unbelievable. I, you know, I used to think they were probably about a quarter of an inch at most, you know. But no, they're, they're like three or four inches. I saw the actual trees where these crowns, were, these thorns were taken from and when I was in uh, Israel recently. Hmm. And <clears throat> they made a crown and they put it on his head and banged it in just to be sure that it would get in there. And can you imagine how that must have hurt? Hmm. Not to mention the blood that had to be dripping down through his eyes and uh, all that went with it. Um, and they made fun of him. They called him, the reason why they put the king on, the, the crown on, they mocked him for being the king. And he's, you know, when he was talking to Pilate, Pilate says, are you a king? And Jesus said, basically, he said, yeah, I am. And it's you who said it. And then the you know the the soldiers mocked him for that, made a crown and you know banged it into his head. So it's like, what kind of a king are you? Well, we begin to see that as we finish the mysteries. Then they took him, uh, put a crown on his head, and they they put a robe around him to mock him as being royal. Uh, they did everything, uh, you know. To, to make, I, I don't know how he could stand all of that, how he could tolerate that. And never complain. You know, I complain if my baby toe hurts. Uh, but, you know, most of us are not very good at accepting and dealing with pain. Mm. And, you know, I can't even imagine the pain that Jesus was going through here. Then they gave him this great big beam of wood, huge tree, if you will, the cross. And he had to carry that cross himself. And it's like bad enough he had a cross but to make him carry it. And he's going along, you know, by this time, he was really tired out, worn out, uh, weak as could be from all the beatings he had gone through now. And 
They made him carry the cross, and three times on the way up to Calvary, where he was headed, he fell because he just couldn't couldn't support it. Finally, they got this man Simon from Cyrene to help him to carry the cross. And Simon didn't know who Jesus was, but the soldiers didn't care. He looked like a big, strong man. He said, come over and help him to carry this cross, which he did. And then on the way there, uh, he walked through you know, the streets of Jerusalem where people were mocking him and all that sort of thing the whole time going through there. <clears throat> and at one time, one particular place, the Blessed Mother, Mary, his mother, was there with the disciple John, and they saw each other, looked at each other eye to eye, but couldn't do much of anything because the soldiers were pushing them along. But what pain and sorrow that must have been for Mary, let alone for Jesus. And then finally, they, you know, having carried that cross up to the top of this little mountain called Golgotha, and they crucified him. They nailed him to a cross. And we're talking about, you know, we're talking about like railroad spikes, those kind of nails, huge monsters. And they nailed his hands, one on either side to this cross, and finally his feet on the little beam that would hold them up. Uh, and they, I, you know, if you pick my finger with a pin, you'll hear me scream loud and painfully. Mm -hmm. But imagining what it must have been for him to have these nails pounded into his hands and to his feet. Mm. They finally got him up on the cross, and he stayed on the cross for, they say, about three hours. And uh, there's, you know, some of the stories on the cross. The people were down there looking up at him and mocking him, and yet there was Mary, his mother, and some of the other holy women who used to, you know, stay around with Mary and with Jesus, and Mary Magdalene being one of them, one of the very famous, if not controversial, people mm. uh, in the New Testament as well. But they were there, you know, weeping and in pain and sorrow themselves, watching him die on the cross. Three hours he spent on the cross. Mm. And then finally, um, he was about to give him, you know, the last breath. And he, he died there on the cross. And one of the soldiers, they were supposed to break the legs of the people on the who were being crucified just so that they would be dead when they took him down from the cross. But one of the soldiers said, hey, he, he's already dead. Why break his legs? Yeah. And that was partly to fulfill a prophecy from the Old Testament. But anyway, they did not break his legs, but he put a, a spear, a great big lance into his side, and out of that side flowed blood and water. What little wasn't much left, but every drop that was left, he just kind of let, let it out, and there it was hmm. upon all of humanity. And Mary and all those others who were there, uh, you know, saw what what we now call the mercy of Jesus, just flowing out the last last drop of his life. And there he was. And so, you know, through this whole thing, can you imagine Mary? She's there. She's not saying anything. She can't do anything. And she, you know, there she is. And then finally, when they took him down from the cross, they laid him in her arms. You've seen on many, sure, many times the beautiful statue called the Pieta, which means the pious, the you know, the beautiful pious one who was Mary. Hmm. And that statue that was done by Michelangelo uh, is a great tribute hmm. to that last moment when Mary 
held her son, the son she had held in her arms when he was born. But now, at the last moment, there he was, lifeless, and they were about to bring him to the tomb. Mm -hmm. Then we go on to other mysteries after that, but that kind of covers the sorrowful mysteries. Now, Father, uh, each decade has a very specific thing to meditate on. So the first, let me just make sure we recap this. The first one was this: the, the agony in the garden. Right. The, the second one was the, uh, the, scourging, scourging the, the scourging at the pillar. The third one was the crowning, the crowning of, thorns, of thorns, which en encompassed also the, uh, you know, mocking and the, and putting the, um, beat, you know, hitting him and, and, and pounding that crown of thorns into his head and, and putting the purple robe on him mm -hmm. and, and so on. And, and, uh, and so that would be the third, the third decade. And for those who don't know what a decade is, father, can you explain what a decade is? Sure. A decade is it's, it's from an old Latin word. It means 10. A decade is the, the 10 beads. Remember I showed you the little beads on the rosary. Yep. Uh, each decade is 10 of these little beads. Okay. And in between, uh, there's an Our Father at the end of it, but on these ten little beads, we do, that's where we do the ten Hail Marys. Mm -hmm. And when you pray those ten Hail Marys, Father, that's when we meditate on those specific uh, yes. events that happened. So that would be the third decade. The fourth decade would be what? The carrying of the cross. The carrying of the cross, and you described that very well. Uh, that big, almost like a tree. And he fell, mm -hmm. and you described him uh, falling three times, which we know we know from scripture. Um, and, uh, and so on and, and, or Mel Gibson's movie, if you watch it, right. We know it from even that, if that, if a person's reference point is that, which is very scriptural, right. Wouldn't you say father Richard, that Mel Gibson yep, movie? Definitely, yes. Yeah. Yes. Really well done and very scriptural as well. I mean, it's a movie of course, but it's, it's, I mean, it's pretty much based in the gospel, right? Absolutely. Yes. It's very faithful to the gospels. Very. I like that word faithful to the gospels and, and, um, Father Richard, what is the fifth decade? It's the crucifixion itself and the death. Okay, so the crucifixion where the big nails, like railroad tied big nails, were driven into his hands, his feet, and what else? Then when they lifted the cross up, when he died, they put a lance into his side. The lance into his side, right, exactly. And, uh, and then, and your point is very interesting. You're saying that we meditate upon it through the eyes, through the per, first person of, I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but through the eyes of Mary. Yes. Like imagining that we're, 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 we're there with her, with her or, or what she yeah. might've been seeing, I guess. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's, as we contemplate, we're, you know, we're, we're really praying with Mary um, and um, I don't have time for it now, but I wrote a song once basically saying, you know, let's pray with Mary. Praying with Mary was the, the name of the song. And it mm -hmm. was like just a kind of a repeating chorus over and over again, you know, to pray with Mary. And just, you know, there she was. Amen. And any any uh, comments on on um, his some of his last words on the cross uh, and, and, and maybe even specifically... What he said yep. to John. Sure. Well, there were there were seven last words that people you know take out from the uh, four different gospels. They're not all seven in all four gospels, 
but from all four Gospels, you can get seven words. But the one in particular that you mentioned is very important um, because John, the apostle, who also wrote the Gospel, uh, was very close to Mary and to Jesus, of course. He was the one that he describes himself. He never calls himself John in his own Gospel. He says, the disciple whom Jesus loved. For example, at the Last Supper, you know, when um, somebody was trying to, you know, get some information from Jesus who was going to betray him. And then they said, and the one who was next to him, the disciple whom Jesus loved, that was John. Yeah. But he never used his own name. Anyway, at the foot of the cross, he was there with Mary and with Mary Magdalene. And Jesus looked down at them with tenderness, if you can imagine, in his dying eyes. And he saw her there, Mary. And he said to her, woman, and that was not a cold term, but that was a very endearing and, you know, almost a universal term for the the whole of humanity. Mm. Kind of was summed up in that one word when he said, woman, behold your son. And he was referring to John. So he was saying to her, now I'm dying. John will take my place and be your son. And then he said to John, John, behold your mother. So kind of giving John the, the uh, you know, the privilege as well as the commission to take care of Mary. So, you know, over the centuries, people have seen that as Jesus giving uh, Mary the motherhood, if you will, for all humanity, summed up in this apostle John, mm-hmm. and inviting all of humanity, again, summed up in John, to turn to Mary as mother. And we see over the course of history, you mentioned earlier, uh, apparitions like in Medjugorje in these places. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where we begin to see what kind of mother she really is. So caring and tender yes. that even after all these centuries, she still is our mother. Amen. Amen. So well put, Father Richard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really awesome. Uh, there's so much to think about there. And... Um, Jackson, yeah, we haven't heard much from you. So, what? Any thoughts on Father Richard? What Father Richard said, or what, what's going on in your head? Yeah, yeah. Well, that was really well said, Father. Um, and yeah, I think just like a, a quick testimony for me. Um, just just to give the, you a heads up, you got yeah, like thanks. a minute, about a minute, oh, minute thirty that's seconds. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, w- I was going to say, I think. Um, for me too, Jeff, when I was first coming to the Lord and I first started praying the rosary, um, the Lord really would tend to minister to me in the sorrowful mysteries in particular. And I think part of it was I was going through such a struggle, Mm. right? Where I think our testimonies are kind of similar in that way, Mm -hmm. Jeff. It was like, especially right at the beginning, we were going through so much turmoil. That's right. Good Um, word for it. Yeah. Yeah. That I, that I, um, the Lord really spoke to me, particularly through those mysteries. Um, and I, I have held them near and dear to my heart for that reason too. Um, but the, the rosary in particular has been such a, such a grace and such a beautiful prayer. Um, and in particular, my, my wife and I pretty much every day are able to pray the scriptural rosary together. They'll call it mm. where, um, they have some books like that to help you pray it but basically um with each hail mary you can read a scripture that kind of corresponds to the mysteries that father richard was talking about and it really helps us stay focused and and and, um 
keep keep focused on the, the mystery that we're meditating on. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Well, I can see the bumper music. It's going to hit in a moment. Folks, especially Father Father Richard, thank you so much for coming into the program. Thank you. Oh, for- my pleasure, I assure you. It's been great. Oh, it's been wonderful. Thank you. And uh, Michael, again, thanks for all your help. Jackson, thank you, guys. Thanks. Listener, thanks, thank you so much. Yes, guys. Listener, thank you so much for listening in. We thank all the radio stations and the podcast uh, listeners, and uh, we just thank you so much. God bless you and your families, and most of all, praise you, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to pray.